Optimum is here. From fast to 100% fiber fast. Get award-winning internet, mobile, and TV. Call 866-9-OPTIMUM or visit Optimum.com. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome into Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets. It is the Saturday morning quarterback with you until 9 today. Garrett Luck and Andres Flores with you. And it's a uh, dark, brisk morning. Uh, there's a hint of fall and then there's... It's the fall, and we are definitely in it's the fall <laughs> it's territory here, Andre says. It is a, a chilly morning, going to be a great day, though. We've got you covered all day long up until kickoff at 6.30 tonight for a sold-out matchup with the Baylor Bears. Uh, the big news, I don't know whether it's getting one win closer to bowl eligibility, uh, a chance to play with a full house against Baylor as opposed to a COVID-restricted environment, or if it's Pat Mahomes. But I'm leaning a little bit toward Pat Mahomes. Uh, but either way, it's going to be a big night. You just hope the team is ready to meet all the hype that is surrounding what is, uh, you know, m- probably the most exciting environment you've had here uh, in-, in a long time. Yep, and you stay undefeated last week with the win. Hopefully you can undefeated at home, I should say. Yes. Uh, so undefeated at home. Hopefully you can keep that up today. And, yes, I'm excited for the Pat Mahomes and the Hall of Ring of Honor and the Hall of Fame and everything that's going on this weekend. should make it uh, extra fun as well. Well, it will be a, a big night for sure. Again, we've got you covered all day long here on Double T 97.3. Don't forget when it's all said and done this evening, wraps up tonight at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center for the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show. They've been they've been almost too easy, Andres. Too. I've gone into these with my uh, with my armor on here for the last few years because, uh, you know, people haven't been happy. Uh-huh. And, and I haven't always been happy either, but... Uh, <laughs> Last week, you know, it's almost like everyone's feeling too good to get uh, too riled up about much of anything. So uh, let's hopefully have another night like that, a, a chance to see Texas Tech do well. Are you uh, expecting number two to try it out there behind center again? Yeah, I do. I do expect him to. Why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I, I would have to agree. The the bear raid in full function, you hope, tonight. Uh, but no telling. I, I'm still unless, waiting. Unless you throw the three-quarterback thing out there. Early. Well, Chuck Hines owes me, owes me a meal. <laughs> If it doesn't happen, that at some point three quarterbacks end up on the field all at one time, uh, at this juncture, you should put uh, them that in the backfield all yet. at one time and do kind of like the helmet, the helmet thing that <laughs> goes back and forth, and then all three quarterbacks just go back and forth, back and forth, back who's and forth. Who's got it? Who's got it? You never know who's going to get the snap, and then boom. I uh, hope whatever they pull off, if they do pull that off, it leads to six points. We'll see what happens. But uh, great night ahead, and it was a great night last night on the South Plains for high school football. We are one week away from the end of the regular season. Some teams now completing their complete season now after playing 10 games and having an open week in the final week. But what that means is it is ever so close to playoffs here in West Texas, and there are some teams that have punched their tickets. There's some teams that are still holding out in some districts. As many as the entire six teams still with hopes here, and potentially, I mean, this is legit in a few districts, potentially chances for five-way ties for second place. I don't even know how to begin considering some of those uh, playoff tiebreakers. We'll see how things shake out. But uh, bizarre, bizarre stuff so all over the area. So you're saying high school should expand to a five-team playoff? Yeah, no, that, is not, that is not what I said. That is not what I Everybody's in. Everybody's in. It's the UIL playoff sponsored by Oprah. Everybody gets a spot. Everybody gets to go. But uh, one team we know for certain that is in very good shape and is actually uh, all but punched their ticket. I think there's still some outside weirdness that could take place. Uh, I take that back, actually. There is no more outside witness. The Friendship Tigers are headed to the playoffs, but they're doing so living on the edge. It cost them a week ago. They survived it two weeks ago. They survived it again last night. They beat Odessa High at Shotwell Stadium, 49-42. to Jay Northcutt's team continues to put up 
impressive numbers over the 40-point mark again for the fourth straight district ball game. However, they give up 42 last night and win that one 49-42. But just uh, uh, continuing to try to find the, the magic uh, mix there on defense that they're going to need if they're going to make any kind of movement in the 6A playoffs. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, if you take care of your business next week, of course you'll possibly have play that uh, first-round game at home. That'd be nice for the Friendship Tigers. But, yeah, defensively, man, just kind of tough to uh, see those numbers being put up. You love it offensively. You love that you're still winning ball games, district ball games, uh, like they did last night. But uh, once you get to the playoffs, teams are going to be a little bit better, and, and hopefully they can get that cleaned up uh, as we move forward. Remember, 6A, the only place uh, in the entire state of texas uh, classification wise that is divided by enrollment still by time we get the playoffs so the the uh, tigers do have a chance after last night's ball games to still win a district title or share of a district title it'll have no seating involvement because both the teams bigger than them i believe legacy and permian would go division one permian would go division two but they're all at three and one last night after legacy beats midland high soundly 48 to three Kind of makes you scratch your head when you've seen what they have done since losing to Friendship in Week One. Uh, I, I just don't think they were prepared for that Friendship offense to do what it did. But they have really—they uh, beat Permian by eight, but then they manhandled an undefeated Central, and then Midland High that that barely lost by four to Friendship two weeks ago loses by 45 to the Rebels. So the Rebels seem to be in a hot streak right now. But they win that one 48-3. What, meanwhile, Permian beats Central 43-31. So that's two straight weeks of losses for Central to drop them down to 2-2 two and two now on the year. But uh, even though it pretty much doesn't matter for seating purposes, you've got to think that Friendship would love to be able to lay claim to a little Southwest Conference title uh, as those are not easy to come by. No, they're not. And it would definitely be the one, the first one in, in the 6A classification. So something you can put there on a banner or wherever they put their trophies. I'm sure there's a trophy case somewhere in that football uh, facility, but uh, that, that'd be nice to have. So they will get Central next week at home. The Bobcats at 2-2 two and two could jump into a tie with the Tigers for the first seed in Division Two, I believe. Uh, that would be – and Central is a big school, too. I'd have to go back and look in the Romans. But ultimately, there's still a lot of seeding implications in this week's games, just not in regards to uh, that district title scenario as those two schools would be bigger and move into Division One. In, in f- two 5A Division One last night, uh, I was erroneous last week, stating that Monterey's playoff spot was mathematically impossible because it actually was true that if Amarillo High – was to to beat Abilene High last night, there would still be potential for a four-way tie in which Monterey could beat Amarillo by 10 in the final week of the season and get in the playoffs. And sure enough, the 4 o'clock game last night up at Dick Bivens, Amarillo does just that. They knock off Abilene High 17-10. to 10. All of a sudden, there seems to be this great hope for the Monterey Plainsmen, and they see it dashed by the Coronado Mustangs 16-12, to 12, a defensive battle last night between those two teams, Monterey, in Coronado Territory late, uh, inside the 35, in fact, but they cannot convert on a fourth and eight, and Coronado holds on to the football for the remainder of the minute and 40-something seconds that were left in that game. Uh, in, in a game where, uh, honestly, a, a scoop and score for Coronado proves to be the difference. Offense was hard to come by, and at Coronado now, surprisingly, out of nowhere, in a lot of ways, has themselves in position, potentially, to find their way into the playoffs as well. Yeah, definitely they'll uh, they'll have a Tascosa next week. A tough tough matchup for them. You'll get to the score here from last night in a bit. But Tascosa uh, still remaining undefeated 
in a district play. And if you're the Mustangs, you got to take care of your business there and then hope for some help, a little bit of help uh, along the way because it looks like right now Tascosa, Abilene, and, and, and Cooper right now playoff teams so that fourth spot kind of still in the mix. Yeah, and the irony of that help, it will have to come at the hands of the Monterey Plainsman because Amarillo has to get into a three-way sort of tie there with Caprock and Coronado to make something like that happen. Last night it was in the other game, uh, Tascosa, number seven in the state, beating Cooper 28-14. to That was the district title ball game, really arguably the most important game in the district last night. Both of those teams have secured a playoff spot for certain, but the more uh, you know notable fact of this game is that that's the first time in 25 tries that Cooper has gone out and lost a district football game yeah. uh, now 25-1 and one in their last 26. But uh, certainly a very tough opponent in the Rebels and, and, and a team that a lot of people have played close. But last night uh, the Pirates just could not slow down quite enough that Tescosa rushing attack and uh, nor match it with their offense. And that's why they fall to 4-1 and one in district. But they have already secured the two-seed. Tescosa will go in as the one-seed. We know that for certain. The rest of this with Caprock open last night, is somewhat of a mess. Caprock, Amarillo, and Coronado are all sitting at two and three right now. However, for Coronado, they've lost to Caprock by 14. They have beaten Amarillo by 11. Uh, and so <laughs> how that plays out would require a three-way tie because if it's just Coronado and Caprock tied for fourth place, head-to-head Caprock takes that spot. So they need Monterey to knock off Amarillo High and force that three-way tie and let points come into play. I have to do some math to figure out exactly what that would be, and I don't know what the point maxes are in all those games, but needless to say, uh, it would be very ironic if the one win the Plainsman <laughs> had all season sent the Coronado Mustangs to the playoffs. Hey, LISD, we're all in this together, right? <laughs> That's the vibe I got last night, Andre. Certainly, that was the one I watched at Larry Field. Everybody just like a high school musical breaking out. It really was. Everyone after the game, very very happy. Very very pleasant with each other, I guess you could say. No fights in the in the handshake line. <laughs> but uh, I think DJ Mann saying that the hate is real. The hate is real. In the uh, in the coach's uh, luncheon on Thursday. And uh, he may be right. He may be right. All right. On 3-5A Division Two last night, Lubbock High season uh, on Thursday actually continued to the struggle there. They fall to Abilene Cooper 54-7. to Cooper now 2-1. The, the Westerners at 0-3. And just a, a really, really awful week for uh, Lubbock High and, and then the family there uh, as two band members are uh, have their lives lost a freshman and a, a senior brothers and so certainly our prayers are with that family and everything that went on there and so uh, definitely uh, mindful of that today but uh, the Westerners will finish up their season here in a week's time uh, with one more ball game but a uh, very heavy week there on 19th Street. Uh, Abilene High defeated Paladuro 27 to 24 the Bulldogs are undefeated uh, now at 4-0, and also Wichita Falls Rider beat Plainview 56-7. to But how, how bizarre that Abilene Wiley knocks off Wichita Falls Rider and then uh, just a week later uh, barely escapes Paladuro uh, on the road. Just, just so many weird things happening across <laughs> these districts, but it does create a 4-0 Wiley, a 3-1 Rider. Uh, and then moving forward from there, Abilene Cooper is in a pretty good position at 3-1 uh, as well. Paladuro and Plainview both at 1-3. Uh, will be the two teams looking for that final spot uh, in their situation there, and they'll play next week. So whoever wins that game between PD and Plainview will advance into the playoffs in 3-5A Division Two. Uh, that hot start for Lubbock High really thought that they would have a shot at some things, but having to play those two most beatable teams right yeah. off the bat 
with injuries and everything else that was in the way. It was just uh, really bad luck and bad timing for Coach Rodriguez in his first season. Yeah, no, we talked about it plenty whenever those games were coming up, Palandora and Plainview, that really, if you wanted to be in the playoffs for the first time since 2012, if you're the Westerners, you had to get those games. They were not able to, to get that done, so uh, they'll be still searching for a, a playoff berth coming up uh, next season. But uh, first year for Coach Rodriguez, I'm sure um, a lot, still a lot of work to do there and, and still – um, a lot of, you know, getting that team rallied behind those that, that coaching staff. Well, and Abilene Cooper could fight for a share of the district title should they beat Wiley next week. That would be a three-way tie between them and Ryder. Uh, seeding would be up for play, too. But, I mean, that's a Cooper-Wiley game that has gotten ugly in the last few years with, uh, I think, even lunches being restricted and different things being done <laughs> during the game week to keep school uh, school uh, foes from from crossing paths across the week. There's been some some nastiness to that one for sure as well, and that'll be played next week with some serious implications for the playoffs and the district title on the line. Huge win, huge win for the Estacada Matadors on Thursday. They uh, beat Big Spring 24 to 21. Two and one now are the Matadors on the season. Uh, they drop Big Spring to one and two. Meanwhile, number ten in the state, Brownwood, pounds on Andrews 47 to three. Man, what a what a turn the Andrews yep. season has taken for the Mustangs. That puts Brownwood at 4-0 and Andrews at 1-2. and So Estacado, with wins over Big Spring and Andrews, has secured the two-seed no matter what happens uh, next week. Uh, but they will have San Angelo Lakeview and could hope for someone to do something crazy with Brownwood and give them a share of the district title. But uh, either way, the Mats are in good shape. Coach Blaylock's got to be real happy with where he's headed, knowing that this team is in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt about that. Keep that tradition alive, Estacado, uh, over the last several years now. Back to Cluley and back to the Shavers. Uh, playoff runs here for them. They keep it going. Well, we got more scores for you, more playoff uh, look-aheads, as well as we continue on the Saturday morning quarterback. You're listening to Optimum Game Day Live right here on Double T 97.3. You're listening to Optimum Game Day Live Countdown to Kickoff, presented by United Supermarkets. Well, there's no doubt. I can't speak for you, Andres, but the, <laughs> at least one host of this show is not very intelligent, certainly at 7 a.m. <laughs> but there's no more intelligent broadcast listening audience in America than the Saturday morning quarterback here on Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets. Thanks to our texter for saying... That Shotwell Stadium did not move to Odessa, Texas. Uh, yeah, Ratliff Stadium, where friendship has to hold on last night. Uh, thanks to Craig and all the rest of you. That <laughs> I, I don't know what I was saying. Andres, just slap me the next time I say something crazy like that. Yeah. Well, let, let's ask this question. We're not to questions yet, but more, more. let's see. I mean, when you think of Texas high school football, which stadium comes to mind first? They're both famous and a lot of success at both those stadiums so shot will ratliff what's what comes to mind first <laughs> you know for me a midland league grad uh it was very interesting because a lot of memorable games played at, at ratliff obviously mm-hmm, yeah. certainly against permian roy williams playing for the for the panthers when i was in school and, and doing i mean some of the permian teams the years i was in school were not very good but Roy Williams himself tried to beat beat, beat Midland <laughs> Lee one night in one of their state title runs. But almost all those state title runs, you played the Metroplex folks at Shotwell Stadium in Avalon. Yeah. So for me, equal equal memories, equal uh, meaningful games uh, and memorable games. Uh, but uh, I would I would think well I don't know man it depends on the year. Cooper and Avalon High have had very very good football teams. So going to Shotwell is not very easy. 
But, uh, you know, they're both better than Grande Communications. How about I say that? <laughs> that place is newer but has less, uh, yeah. feels a little corporate, feels a little less memorable. I, I don't know. And it was built after I'd already left, so I don't remember <laughs> anything about that place. Where so, did Midland Lee and, and Midland High play before? Uh, downtown at Memorial Stadium. Okay, is it still up? Just down is the street it, from the hospital. I think they tore down one side of the stands, ah. and they still use the track for various things. Mm-hmm. Last, I, last I heard. And I think Midland Christian played there for a very short period of time before they amped up their own uh, on-campus facility there. But lots of places to play football in, in Midland. Shockingly, you know, who would have thought? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my apologies to all of you that just heard that nonsense and couldn't believe what was stated. Because, uh, yeah, Ratliff Stadium, where Friendship barely hangs on last night and beats the uh, Odessa Broncos, who are still winless in district play. So apparently not a very good home field advantage for them. As they are at 0-4. All right, craziness in 4A Division Two. We told you about the Estacado Matadors uh, more or less locking up the two-seed. Uh, they'll play Lakeview next week. But in 3-4A Division One, which would be a second-round opponent group for the Estacado Matadors should they advance through by district, just insanity last night. Uh, as the undefeated Randall Raiders, who were coming into that game at 3-0 in district, lay a complete egg on the road at Hereford. Or Hereford was winless, not in district, but in the season. Well, I guess both. But uh, Hereford ends up winning that one 35-24. Yet another just uh, huge question mark. Why in the world? How does it make sense kind of game, Andres? Uh, Canyon beat Dumas 22-21 to to go to 2-1. and Dumas now at 1-2, and which is unfamiliar territory for Coach Dunham and company. Pampa also at 1-2. and So all five teams playing next week with hopes of a playoff spot and could have some really interesting uh, ties that are created depending on what plays out here. But, uh, I mean, just inexplicable stuff every single week, and this is this is this week's version of it. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine if Hereford wants to get a win next week and possibly <laughs> sneak into the playoffs after going 0-8 the first uh, eight weeks of the season? Then Dumas, preseason ranked. You go into that matchup here in Lubbock, and you're, you're feeling good. And, and you know, you, obviously they've had a lot of success in recent years, and they've, they've, they've advanced far in the playoffs. And here they are now 5-4 and four overall, 1-2 and two in district play. Definitely a tough year for Coach Dunham. Uh, up there in Dubas. Randall finished the season at 7-3 and three and 3-1. Three and one. They are open next week. They still, no matter what, will be the one seed coming out of that district because even if Canyon beats Pampa next week to improve to 3-1, and one, Randall already beat Canyon, and so Randall will have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But uh, just bizarre, bizarre stuff going on in 4A Division One. 4A Division Two, uh, equally interesting last night. Perryton beats Borger, but only by nine, 35 to 26. Borger drops to 0-3. Perryton improves to 2-1. Seminole stays undefeated in 2-4A Division Two, 3-0 in district. They beat Leveland 41 to seven. West Plains was open last night at 2-1. So Perryton and West Plains out of Canyon at 2-1. Seminole atop everything at 3-0. And ultimately, Borger's sitting there at 0-3, but they do play West Plains next week for Pride. Leveland is open, but based on their win over Borger, they will be uh, they will be in the playoffs no matter what as the four seed. So that's 2-4A Division two, 3-4A Division two, uh, which has been our bizarre <laughs> Royal Rumble district this year, <laughs> continues to be interesting, Andres. Yes, Graham defeats Greenwood last night, 21-14. Graham now 2-2. Two in district play, the Greenwood falls to two and one uh, there in that one. Hershey ranked number eight in the state. Uh, they defeat Sweetwater fifty-three to seven. Sweetwater still winless in district play. Hershey goes to 
two and one. And then Snyder last night, they were open in the district. Their record stands at three and six overall, one and two in district play. And you mentioned it, a lot going on. And there was forfeit wins, double forfeit wins here in this district. You thought Greenwood would have kind of run away with this one, but that tough loss last night now puts everyone back into play, at least possibly for a, for a share of a district title. Well, Greenwood, had they beaten Graham, and Graham, you know, really struggling to recover from all yeah. that mess a couple weeks ago after losing to Snyder with all their players suspended. Greenwood could have forced an undefeated district championship game between them and Hershey. Instead, they fall to Graham. Uh, but Snyder now is in the driver's seat to get the fourth seed, but they have to beat Sweetwater because if Sweetwater knocks them off, Sweetwater's going to go to the playoffs. So a, a big rivalry game there on, uh, well, basically 84. Uh, it gets into Interstate 20. A little bit after Roscoe there uh, in Sweetwater, but uh, it has traditionally been a very uh, heated ball game between the Tigers and the Mustangs. Uh, that game will be at Tiger Stadium, not at the Mustang Bowl, so uh, Snyder hosting Sweetwater for a chance to go to the playoffs. And Andres, man, you have uh, <laughs> you have lived heartache this year <laughs> all the way through, and you lived it again last night in 1-3A Division One, where you're slating Tigers not only you know trying to get a, a big win in district, but also... Uh, trying to put themselves in a position uh, to still arguably get into the playoffs, and instead uh, things just don't go their way yet again. No, they don't. They fought a Kermit last night's 12-9 uh, to 9 there at Tiger Stadium. Now Slayton 0-9 overall, 0-3 in district play. And I mean, you know, I think there's just still just a quarterback away maybe. Uh, they don't throw the ball a whole lot. When they do, they make mistakes. And the interception, interception late in the third quarter really cost them there. Not a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Kermit did score two touchdowns, uh, went for two twice and missed. Uh, the Tigers went for uh, two as well and uh, missed their uh, two-point conversion. But, uh, I mean, just uh, they're playing hard. You, 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 you love to see it, but just can't find a win, especially last night at home on senior night. It was a nice crowd. It was still, you know, very, very cold. Not very, very cold, but it was a little chilly uh, there in Slayton. And people came out and, and, uh, and showed their, their the team that they could were behind them but not able to get – the job done elsewhere in that district. Denver City, big-time winners over La Mesa. Denver City now 3-0 in district play. That was a 47-10 win for the Mustangs. Brownfield was open last night in 1-3A Division One. So it looks like right now Slayton probably out of the playoffs unless a miracle happens. But it looks like they're going to be out. Yeah, they will. I think they're mathematically done, actually, because even if they were to beat Brownfield, that would put them in a tie with La Mesa, who beat them already. That's so the, I'm sorry, Tiger fans, but uh, heck, is, still, it, is still it my be, fault? Is it my fault? This you know, is probably my I'm fault. I'm telling you, never have before, <laughs> never has this show been more of a curse to everyone we talk positively of. And since you're just there every week, I think your presence just carries just over carries. from. I think it's not your fault, Andres. I really think it's mine. But I, I, I've got, there's too much. There's too much of my spirit hovering over you, I guess, and that's a, uh, that's a problem. We apologize to all the high school fans out there that have been cursed by something good we said about your team this year. <laughs> We'll do our best to talk really bad about you the rest of the way as we get into the playoffs. Uh, in 2-3A Division One last night, it was Bushland recovering from that shallow water loss. They beat Dalhart 62-12. to They're now 3-1. and Dalhart drops to 1-2. and Bushland staying ranked, by the way, yeah. after that loss to shallow water. Dave Campbells has them at number 8. Shallow water jumps from not in the poll at all all the way up to number 5 in the state, and they defend that ranking by beating Muleshoe 48-20 to last night. They remain undefeated at 3-0. and Muleshoe drops to 1-2, and and River Road was open last night at 1-3. and Bushland is done. They'll have the bye week next week, uh, finishing their year at 9-1. and 
and three and one. We'll see how things pan out for them. Would love to see a Bushland Shallowwater rematch here in three or four weeks. Yeah, there's, there's a good chance that, that that is going to happen, and and that'll be another fun one uh, when those two teams meet up. But Shallowwater playing, uh, you know, at a very high level right now, continuing to uh, uh, win and and you know that district title. It's right there for them. The outright, I should say, district title is right there for them. Dropping down to 3A Division Two Canadian last night was a 66-7 winner over Tulia. They're 4-0. Tulia drops to 1-3. But a huge win for Friona. They beat Spearman 14-10. That puts the Chieftains at 3-1 and, and drops Spearman to 1-3. Childress, meanwhile, beating Dimmitt 49-0. So Childress at 3-1, Dimmitt at 0-4. But that means Canadian stands atop all of it at 4-0. and Childress and Friona are tied at 3-1. and one. They will match up next week to secure that two-seed. Canadian almost certainly going to beat Dimmitt next week. They'll finish undefeated at 4-0. And then Spearman and Tulia battle it out for the third spot. Remember, this is a game last year. Tulia inexplicably knocks off Canadian, then falls to Spearman the next <laughs> yeah. week and doesn't even make the playoffs. Uh, the Hornets with a chance here to knock off a, a Lynx team that's only 2-7. and seven. Uh, Certainly one of their lower years here over the past few uh, would be really big time for the Hornets to get into the playoffs. They got a chance to make it happen. Yeah, four three eight four three eight division two. Real quickly, Abernathy remains undefeated in district play. Twenty four to zero over Stanton. Cahoma, a one point winner over Roosevelt. Twenty seven to twenty six. Roosevelt one and three in district play, and then Idaloo with the win over Littlefield, seventeen to thirteen. So as it stands, Abernathy four and zero. Cahoma three and one. Idaloo three and one. And then they'll battle it out for that four seed Roosevelt Littlefield coming up. Huge game next week between those two one and three teams. So many exciting games. We haven't even covered them all. We'll get into two A Division One and Division Two and Six Man. Some really exciting ball games left to be played that will make a huge impact on the district races and the playoff spots. We'll get to more of those coming up next year on the Saturday morning quarterback on Double T ninety seven three. Optimum Game Day Live continues on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. And oh, what a night it's going to be here at Jones Stadium, Texas Tech hosting Baylor 6.30 kickoff tonight. Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets takes you all the way up to kickoff right here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com as well as the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Brought to you by Happy State Bank. You can uh, hit up any of those locations. Uh, I guess you can't do it over your radio, but you can on the Internet <laughs> and on the mobile app if you will uh, want to join us in conversation on the Yates Flooring Center chat line where uh, Texter raises a question for us already this uh, this morning, Andres. Uh, Texter says, did you all see the score from Austin on Thursday? Austin LBJ 98, Austin Eastside 0. Texter says, I think I saw that Austin LBJ kneeled the ball 22 times to try to run out the clock. Yell thoughts. I think it's just bad news all the way around. I mean, the only thing I think is more insulting sometimes than running up to score on somebody is intentionally and clearly not playing for the purpose of not running up to score. I'm almost more insulted by that as a competitor than I would be if you were to just, uh, you know, beat me by 150. And bottom line is I don't know how two teams in a district level can get that much mismatched by the time that you, uh, you, you get to this point of the season. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just thinking just how, how it can happen. Obviously, I think possibly what opening kickoff for a touchdown, then you get 
a three and out, or is that team just throwing the football all over the field and, and you know, interception after interception? I mean, if you run the football, you're still going to get, what, 40 seconds after each play to come off the clock? Yeah. I mean... I mean, if you can't if you can't tackle anybody and people just run free every single play, there's no telling. But apparently, this has been a norm in this district throughout the year, as the scores for East Side have been 96 nothing, 77 nothing, 69 nothing. Travis only beat them 47 nothing. They scored against Navarro, 44 to six was their loss that night. But uh, they nearly beat Austin Achieve Academy. They lost that one 28-26 in week two. But it sounds like a team that uh, maybe they didn't have enough guys come out. No telling. I don't know. But it's a it's a 5A D2 program that has just gotten uh, pounded on by everyone they've played. Their next game is against 9-1 and or eight and one Austin McCallum. Not good. But, uh, yeah, th- th- thankfully have not seen that uh, out here in West Texas too much this year. Uh, and, and, and for good reason. I think that's, no one is, is going to be put in that kind of position uh, pride-wise here their team is going to be at least competitive enough to slow things down a little bit so you're saying there needs to be regulation uh, <laughs> is that what you're saying <laughs> well you know and, and i said this on the uh, chat line mike leach you know said if yeah. you don't like it stop it uh yeah i mean t- and you don't want to insult people by goofing around either but i almost think this is where you move guys out of position you, you got your third string guy i mean if your manager can go put a uniform on and he's eligible then get him in the game i mean you know, I don't know. What a mess. What a mess that is. And, uh, yeah, glad I'm not on either side of having to make those decisions because it's not fun for either coach in a setting like that. Uh, and so, yeah, that's not the storyline you want to be facing at this time of year. You want to be talking about playoff football, and we certainly have a ton of those t- options here as teams get closer. We did not mention there as we were finishing up a little bit ago with 4-3-A Division Two. It's a big one next week between Abernathy and Cohoma. Cohoma could share a bit of the district title. Meanwhile, uh, as could Idaloo if that happens, but uh, Roosevelt and Littlefield playing for that third spot. Uh, every game in that district will have major implications still for the playoffs. Idaloo certainly probably going to beat winless Stanton to go to 4-1, and one, but they're going to be hoping, I would think, that Cohoma could knock off Abernathy at home and create a three-way tie that would give them a share of the goal ball. Uh, it hadn't happened for a while for either Abernathy or Idaloo. It's been a couple of years for Abernathy, but Roosevelt taking that away from both last year. Uh, just, just some great drama that's been all throughout this season in 4-3 AD, too. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's been one of the districts we've every single week have kind of gone back to and, and look at those scores and see what those guys are doing there, but uh, definitely a lot of fun. Down in 2A Division One last night, Farwell was a 68-0 winner over West Texas High. Farwell now 3-1, West Texas High 0-4. Number 5 in the state, Stratford, beats Highland Park 61-6. They remain undefeated, uh, and Highland Park drops to 1-3. Panhandle beats Sanford Fritch 72-0. So right after I say we haven't had many of these, <laughs> 68-0 and a 72-0 uh, out here. Somehow getting up to the 80s feels different. <laughs> 70, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But uh, Panhandle, a huge win there. So Highland Park and Sanford Fritch are both at 1-3. We'll face off next week uh, to try to win that final spot into the playoffs there in 1-2-A Division One In 2-2-A Division One that will match up with that 1-2-A district in by district. A close, close loss for the bowl goal of, Anil- uh, of post there. The Antelopes fall to Floyd Ada 35-34. The Whirlwinds improved to 3-1 and one in district with that win. Meanwhile, New Deal stays undefeated. They beat Sundown 45-20. to 20. And then Olton 
pounds on Tahoka 69 to 20, and so that drops uh, Tahoka to one and three, Olten at two and two. So if if things were to stay in place as they are today, Floydata would be the two seed behind New Deal at four and zero, and Olten would be the three seed behind them. Post sundown and Tahoka all at one and three, battling it out. But uh, next week anything could happen. Tahoka will face sundown. Post will face New Deal. They seem to be on the outside looking in because they're the <laughs> least likely to win that one. And then Olten will face Floydata. So that that. that Two, that matchup could decide the two and the three seed, but really it looks like the, the game between Tahoka and Sundown, which will be hosted in Sundown, uh, going to decide that fourth spot. And, and, man, this has been an entertaining district all season long. Yeah, it has. I hate to see that for Tahoka. They, a couple of weeks ago they were very high on their offense and the offensive numbers that they were putting up, but uh, last night not so much. I remember last week I called Post to win or not to, uh, to sneak into the playoffs. Now definitely going to be a tougher task here as uh, they have New Deal coming up and New Deal playing uh, tremendously well as they have been all district season long would be an epic upset if they were to knock <laughs> off new is deal. that is that at post or uh, that game is in let's see here oh it's at jimmy redmond memorial field in post so uh we'll see how that goes uh, you know, magic could happen you never know the bowl goal could muster up some of those uh, previous season magics there and see if they could knock off new deal new deal still licking their wounds from from yeah. two and three seasons ago i think they'd love to continue to put a pounding on the bowl gold in a 3-2A Division two last night. Sudan wins 25-23. We had not heard from defensive coordinator extraordinaire Ron Sanders yet this morning, but uh, his club does give up 23. I mean, we talked so much about him last week. Now they give up 23. Feel bad about it, but they still won. They're 4-0 in the district to top all that. Bovina falls to 2-2. Two and two. Rawls beats Crosby 10 50-24. That puts Rawls at 3-1 and, and Crosby 10 at 0-4. And, and then Hale Center was a 40-13 winner over the Lockney Longhorns. So the Owls now at 2-2 two and two and Lockney at 1-3. and three. Uh, All sorts of craziness that could happen next week in that district as well. Rawls with a chance to share the district title with Sudan if they can knock them off. Hale Center will uh, likely beat Crosby tonight, I think, to improve to 3-2. But then Bovina and Lockney in a battle for the third spot or fourth spot, depending on how it plays out in that district. Uh, both with playoff chances of Crosby, then the only one of six teams still with no playoff shot. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Moving on here to 4-2A Division two, Division two, I should say. New Home remains undefeated in district play as they defeat Morton 61-0. Morton 0-4 in the district. Ropes defeats Plains 35 to 18. Ropes now three and one. Plains one and three. And then Seagraves, kind of a uh, maybe a surprising win. I mean, if you're Seagraves, they're four and five overall. They defeat Smyre 42 to 24. Seagraves now three and one in district play. As Smyre falls to one and two. So it looks like for sure, New Home they'll have a tough one coming up next week, and that'll probably be for the you know the, the goal ball there. Ropes and New Home coming up next week, and for Seagraves maybe. Uh, you can kind of get another win there in district and kind of get yourself a gold ball as well uh, in the district play. Yeah, all kinds of up and down this season for Seagraves, but they they find themselves in a pretty good spot here uh, heading into the playoffs. Could share a district title if Ropes is able to knock off New Home next week. All right, that's all the 11-man scores. Let's dive into the six-man action where last night in 2-1A Division One, Nazareth was a 50 to nothing winner over Claude and Happy beat Wilderado 70 to nothing. Uh, that puts uh, the Happy Cowboys in firm first place there after they beat Nazareth a week ago. Uh, the Swifts, though, still looking to claim that second playoff spot there in 2-1A next week. 3-1A Division One saw Crest stay open last night. They are 2-1 uh, in district play to this point. Petersburg beats Anton 64-32. to 
and Spring Lake Earth beats Lorenzo 66-19. So uh, it looks like, in all likelihood, Petersburg will secure a playoff spot there as the two-seed. Their season is over at 6-4 and and 3-1, and and Spring Lake Earth uh, hopes to stay undefeated next week uh, in their last game, but they'll have to beat Crest. Crest can only get in the playoffs if they knock off the Wolverines next week, but uh, some meaningful games there as well. 4-1A Division One. it was Knox City beating Valley 50-18, to and Spur beating Vernon Northside 58-8, to Knox City at 2-0, uh, Valley and Spur both at 1-1, and Northside at 0-2. Five, uh, six man five, one A Division One. As we continue on with the six A scores, Whiteface defeats Meta sixty four to six. Whiteface two and zero oh in district play, seven and two record overall. And then O'Donnell uh, defeats Wellman Union sixty two to zero. Two and zero oh for O'Donnell now. Wellman Union drops to zero oh and two uh, in their in their district right there. Man, what a shocker out of seven one A Division One. Really not a shocker. We've seen it coming for a while, but it looks very likely. The Borden County Coyotes will not go to the playoffs. Uh, we have to do some research, but I can't imagine how long it's been since that's been true. But they fall 44 to 34 to number five Rankin last night. Uh, Rankin stays undefeated in district at three and zero. Borden County falls to one and two. Number seven in the state, Garden City, beats Sands fifty-four to six. That sets up a Garden City Rankin matchup, and and it's over. I mean, Borden County cannot get in, as those two schools have already beaten them, and they're both undefeated. They'll play for a district title next week. Grady was open in that district, but uh, a tough one. Hate to see that, but Borden County's long streak will end. We'll get you the rest of the six-man scores in Division One and Division Two, and get to some questions coming. This is Optimum Game Day Live, getting you ready for Red Raider football on Double T 973. Back into the six man scores here on the Saturday morning quarterback on Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets in Six Man 81A Division 1 last night. And the last of our Division 1 districts we haven't gotten any scores from yet. Number two, Westbrook. Uh, all over Ira, 58-12 to in a game that uh, thought would be a lot better than that, hoped would be a lot better than that, but instead uh, Westbrook uh, walks away with the easy win there. So Westbrook should be the undefeated district champion in all likelihood. They've beaten both 3-1 and Ira and 3-1 and Hermley. That sets up a, a beautiful, big-time Scurry County rivalry game between uh, Hermley and Ira for that second playoff spot. Uh, meanwhile, in games that pretty much just mean they're playing for pride, uh, Roby beat Rotan 59-34, to and I say that, Hermley barely survives Highland. Remember, Highland almost knocked off Ira a few yeah. weeks ago, too. They're a woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of ball club. They're at 1-3 and three in district with no chance of making the playoffs, but they uh, certainly challenged the two teams that will battle it out for those last two spots, or that last spot, excuse me, number two in the district. Uh, in both of the chances they had against them. But Hermley Cardinals and Ira Bulldogs next week for the number two spot. All right, six-man Division two games, 2-1-A last night. Whit Harrell beats Laz Buddy 54 to nothing. Whit Harrell remains state-ranked by Dave Campbell's at number eight. They are 3-0 in the district. Amherst also 3-0. They beat Cotton Center 56 to nothing. So two shutout 45-point rule halftime ending games there. That sets up the district title game between the Whit Harrell Panthers and the Amherst Bulldogs next week uh, for the for the gold ball there in 2-1-A. Hart was open last night. Uh, they sit at 5-4 and four and 1-2 and two in that district. Six-man 4-1-A Division Two. as we move on down the, the list here. Southland with the win over Loop, 63-13. Southland now 2-1 in district play. Klondike was open. And then Wilson, I believe a forfeit win here over Dawson uh, to get the win there in district play. Now 1-2 and two 
is Wilson. That's four one uh, A Division two, five one A Division two. Aspermont all over Guthrie, sixty seven to eighteen. Aspermont eight and one overall, two and one in district play. Montley County defeated Patton Springs, fifty eight to seven. Montley County now two and one as well in district play. Patton Springs falls to zero and three. And the last night, Jayton, the only undefeated team in that district, they were open. Um, last week going into the regular season still 3 and 0 6 and 3 overall huge game between Montley County and Aspermont next week Aspermont uh, quietly has gone 8 and 1 and they're 2 and 1 in district only losing to Jayton Montley County after their really rough start now 2 and 1 so the winner of that one will get the two seed Southland has already secured and this is another one I don't I don't know the last time Southland's been to the playoffs it's been a long while but they have secured a playoff spot because they will face off with, well, they won't face off with Dawson next week. They'll get the forfeit win, and that secures them the second spot there uh, in that district behind Klondike. Klondike is going to face Wilson next week, so uh, Wilson already at 1-2 and two, cannot overcome either of those teams in the standings. So it'll be Klondike, the one seed out of 4-1A, and Dawson, the two seed. In taps action last night, 11-man football, Christ the King, excuse me, let's go back to 11-man, not 6-man. Levitt Christian beats Fort Worth Temple Christian uh, 44-6. That improves uh, Chris Softley's Eagles ball club to an 8-1 and overall record, 5-1 and in district. And then Trinity Christian uh, and Coach Spiller there, they stay uh, 51 to nothing winners over Willow Park Trinity. They stay undefeated there at 4-0 in district, 7-2 and overall. So both uh, Lubbock Christian and Trinity Christian looking to move forward. Uh, Lubbock Christian in Division 4, District 1 of Taps, and Trinity Christian in Division 3, District 1. Sure miss that game is not in the same division anymore because uh, you know, really right right when Trinity started to make it interesting and good, knocked off Lubbock Christian last year, yeah. now they're in separate divisions. But uh, that, that was a very exciting rivalry that was starting to bud. Uh, maybe in the future those two teams line up again together. In six-man taps action, Christ the King beats Midland Holy Cross last night, 52-6. to They are 2-0 in district. And Kingdom Prep uh, beats Wichita Christian, 68-18. to They are also 2-0 in Division Three, District 1. So, batting down the hatches, boys. <laughs> Christ the King, Kingdom Prep for the district title there next week. Uh, I believe that game is going to be played, if I'm not mistaken, at Kingdom Prep, which I think still is out at Wilson. Uh, Warrior fans, let me know if that's not right. But, uh, man, going to be a lot of fun there as both those teams looking to go into the playoffs with a district championship in tow. Uh, both Lubbock schools, uh, I would I would believe, are going to be playoff teams either way. But uh, good stuff there in six-man uh, <laughs> private school action here in West Texas. And Lubbock Titans apparently have, have stopped playing their season. I don't believe they played the last two weeks. They were supposed to play the Amarillo what was it? Panhandle Christian Homeowners Education Association <laughs> yes. of America. Very close, yes. Um, but uh, I guess the the homeowner Christians are going to have to going to have to find somebody else to play as uh, the Titans have, have shut things down, I believe, for the year. So uh, anyway, there's all the scores from six A to six man, Andres and uh, man. I would say, what what are your thoughts? But let's uh, instead dive into some questions because I know that's really. That's really where we're headed yeah. here is there's so many things to ask and so many things to wonder about. Uh, lots and lots of interesting stuff to, to wait for in a week's time. Well, let's start with one that, that comes from the uh, the Yates Flooring Center chat line here from one of uh, the listeners here. So with that LBJ score, Austin LBJ was 75-0 to in the second quarter. I believe it ended up being uh, final score. What was it 98-0 to over Austin, uh, Austin Eastside? So the question is, with that score and other lopsided scores in 11-man, is there cause now for a 45-point rule, just like there is in 6-man? Six, six, excuse me, 6-man. 
and and we you gave me a heads up here, gave me a chance to ruminate, uh, and so I, I'll give you my initial thoughts here that I could change in a week's time if I think more about it. But six man, it makes sense simply because, and I've lived it, uh, uh, in in working with some a six man program here in town at one point. When you have a when you have an injury on an eight man team or uh, two injuries. Or worse, you're playing a district game to go to the playoffs with six men, and you have somebody hurt, and you're playing with five yeah. on six. There's just too many things in, in six-man action where you might end up not with enough guys. And small towns want to play, but they might not have enough to know that they're always going to have plenty. So you're, you're just keeping people from being more and more injured or just making things out of hand, I think. I think there is a case to make at the 2A, 3A, maybe even the 4A level for that kind of thought. Uh, but where I struggle with it in 5A and 6A, and you are Monterey grad, I'm also a guy that's been around Monterey for a long time. Remember, Coach Morton's philosophy was if someone wants to put in the work and be a part of this program, they deserve to wear a jersey and be there on Friday night. So there would be 60-plus 60, 60 guys on the sideline, many of them seniors who were likely not going to play, but they loved being a part of what was going on. They wanted to contribute to their school. A game like that is a game where those guys get a chance to get on the field. Correct. And if I'm robbed of that as a coach to give those guys that opportunity because of some rule, I don't know that I like it. So at a 5A or a 6A level, I do think that there uh, you know, uh, is reason to, to go ahead and play out all four quarters. Now, that said, could you create a rule that says we know that this is likely to happen here at some point? We need to be prepared to play those guys in a second or third quarter and we go ahead and have an option for agreement maybe between coaches before a game starts, that that might be more reasonable at the 5A and 6A level. But uh, it just sounds like in a game like that, they probably did try to do everything they could yeah. to uh, to make it stop, and you couldn't do anything about it. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you up it to 60 for, for 11-man, especially at the upper classes where you can play guys a little bit more. Because uh, I don't think the argument of when well, we got to sharpen our skills, we got to we got to stay ready, we got to keep our starters. That doesn't make sense in a game like that. Because what are you really sharpening in, in that lopsided of a game? But uh, on the flip side, those guys that just you know are practice players that deserve a chance yeah. for their mom to see them run around and their dad to, to smile and have that memory. Yeah, no. I think that would rob them I, of that I, moment. I, I agree with you, and I do like that, and I did like that as a as a player because I was one of those guys that never. I was never a starter. I was always on the. the I was one of those coaches that was like, "Hey, mom, look, I'm down here on the sideline." So you and me share that a little bit. It sounds like. No, real quick story. So it was my freshman year and. Coach Morton walking on the sidelines, and he, he we, we made eye contact. I don't think he remembered who I was or knew my name, but we made eye contact. <laughs> he could tell I was not playing in the game. So he walked over to uh, David Chapman and said, get this guy in. David Chapman got me in, and uh, I had one play, one play to end the game there versus Tascosa. There's my high school football career. And that's why his picture's <laughs> up outside the coach's office at Monterey High School, Andres Flores there. <laughs> Lots more questions coming your way here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback. So many interesting scenarios to, to come in high school football across the area. We'll get to that next on Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets on Double T 97.3. Optimum is here. From fast to 100% fiber fast. Get award-winning internet, mobile, and TV. Call 866-9-OPTIMUM or visit Optimum.com. And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Saturday Morning Quarterback here, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets. Uh, 
went ahead and stretched a little bit, coming out of halftime, Andres, trying to get the blood flowing. Uh, I, I can't remember what it's called, but I know some of you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line have explained to us before some sort of effect at which it gets colder when the sun rises because the air gets lifted sort of or something with the sun. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's true because it is even colder right now and I can see the sky. It is very uh, very much a morning here in Lubbock, Texas, and, and I am not warmer. So. Warm, I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, should have said that. That's... Yeah, we have two more home games still left here, Andres. Two weeks and four weeks away. I, I'm not sure that Thanksgiving weekend, how that's going to feel out here. Uh, the latest, I think, live live show we've done in a long time here, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Going to be fun, though, for the Oklahoma Sooners. But first things first is the Baylor Bears here in Lubbock. We haven't talked about it on this show, but uh, certainly interesting for uh, your head coach to be in a position where he faces his his team and program that that really not only gave him his first shot at college football, but uh, Dave Aranda retained him from that previous staff under Matt Rule and and, and really prioritized his being there uh, for Joey McGuire. There, there's got to be a ton of emotion today, and also as people have mentioned throughout the week here on Double T ninety seven three and one hundred point seven the score. You know what's the inside knowledge that he brings because he's been a part of that program. Uh, certainly an, an interesting side piece to this game here today that uh, will be worth watching on the sideline. I think if you can if you can get an angle on some of those guys. Yeah, you, think, you think Joe's going to be uh, you know looking at the, the sidelines and seeing the signal calls and be like they're going to run, they're going to run, they're going to. Yes, trying to trying to the Baker Mayfield effect for certain there. We'll we'll see what uh, what comes of that tonight. But it's going to be a good ball game either way. Six thirty tonight, Red Raiders and Bears, and we've got you covered on Optimum Game Day Live all the way up until kickoff. Red Raider tailgate show from inside Jones Stadium at five thirty today. But uh, everyone you want to hear from right here on Double T ninety seven three one hundred point seven the score throughout the day. Thetford and Ashby are going to follow us from 9 until noon today, and uh, then all the other guys you want to hear from across your weekly programs. Uh, don't forget you can check out the podcast at com or 100.7thescore.com if you want to just uh, take in the highlights, the best moments of each of your weekly shows there. You can do that, and you can catch our show in its entirety yeah, as well at uh, com. If you missed any part today, uh, including one texter I see here who says uh, what are Coronado's chances of making the playoffs? We, we've talked about that a little bit earlier, but uh, ultimately Coronado's going to have to win next week uh, against Tascosa if they wanted to get in uh, with some different things. But if they were to, to lose that game, the only way they would get in uh, was a three-way tie created that would have to be created by the Monterey Plainsmen beating uh, Amarillo High next week. And so <laughs> the irony there is uh, Monterey hadn't won a ball game all year. If they were to win that one, it would put their – their big-time rival in the playoffs, but that is basically where you stand right now. A lot of things could happen if Coronado beats Tascosa next Thursday night, but if not, uh, and that's an undefeated Tascosa team, you would need some help from Monterey, and that's basically where DJ Mann and company stand. Yep. If we, you want to go ahead and get into some questions let's, here. Let's dive well, into let's, some more because that is a good one right off the Ace Point Center chat line, but every district I feel like has something like that in play right now. It is a very, very exciting final week that we're going to see. All right, I'm going to start – all the way up at 2-6 here with the, the Friendship Tigers. A much-needed win there last night versus Odessa High. Now they go uh, back home. They'll take on San Angelo Central next week. And I don't want to put the fr- Friendship on upset alert, but is it a game where they need to be careful? Because if they happen to drop that game, now you're kind of looking at if you win, you're a share of a district title. If you lose, you're probably having to go to travel to El Paso now. 
Yeah, no, it's a great point uh, on how drastically that changes your scenario as a playoff team. And, and I'll add to it just in the sense that for, for the Tigers, uh, you know, you, you haven't stopped anybody no. in weeks. And you sling it around the way that they have with Hudson Hutchinson, who's been incredible. There's no doubt. I don't think you can make any argument there's a better quarterback has put up better numbers. He has had an outstanding season, certainly true here in district as well as he's just slung it around to a, a ton of talented receivers. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, the, the spreading out, throwing around offense is bound to have a rough night and have a night where he's off or guys just drop footballs at wrong times and third downs become a struggle or whatever. You're going to have to stop people defensively to guarantee yourselves a win on a weekly basis. I and mean, that was true two weeks ago against Permian. Friendship could be 8-1 and one and 4-0 and oh right now. Yeah having already secured at least a share of the district title had their defense uh, been able to hold up. So that that's the question. I, I absolutely would put them on upset alert. I think Central's good enough to beat them, uh, has proven that, uh, you know, playing competitively throughout this season. They're 5-4 and four and 2-2, two and two, but they didn't necessarily get blown out by Legacy or Permian, but they, they, you know, are not the better team for sure. But even a weaker team can beat you on the right night if you cannot stop people defensively. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Tigers better be uh, sharp and ready to go next Friday night. Yeah, I do. You do not want to make that trip. That is not a pleasant trip uh, to El Paso, especially on a Friday night, getting back 4 or 5 in the morning. And the understated thing to that, I don't think is so much even the road trip itself to play. I mean, yes, you're on the road, but the, the, the road environment in El Paso is never very raucous. It's not that intimidating. No. Uh, I mean, typically the, the, the only thing that's intimidating is the mountain that's on the side of whatever field that you're playing on <laughs> most of the time. What's the challenge is you come back after a six-hour drive you're tired you're beat up and everything about the area around game prep is totally thrown off and different because you're just exhausted and your coaching staff particularly is exhausted and yeah playoff energy exists and all that kind of stuff but i think that's the more meaningful piece of this because uh, it really sets you uh, sets you off schedule for week two moving down to 25a division one little cooper falls last night to a very good tascosa team did tascosa expose something from the pirates last night running the football you know, I think you've seen it kind of against, you know, maybe less less capable offenses. I mean, Monterey was able to move the ball a little bit against Cooper. Coronado, I mean, all, all but should have won that game a couple weeks ago, but they didn't necessarily do it on the ground as much as they did through the air a little bit. It was a, it was a balanced attack there for DJ Mann that night. But uh, but ultimately, uh, yeah, I think that, that they've done that to a lot of people. So I don't know if that tells you more about Cooper or just the consistency of that triple option attack of the Tascosa Ball Club. Uh, I, I still think Cooper's very, very good and has a chance to, to, to make a run here. And, and, you know, we'll see what those teams to the east, which is very, very tough in 5A Division One, look like. But uh, Districts 1 through 4 aren't quite as formidable as Districts 5 through 8. So you, you do wonder a little bit about whether, you know, you could see a rematch of those two teams yeah. later on. We, you know, probably haven't talked about it enough. That was a huge game last night. And, uh, and honestly, I'm a little surprised that, that Cooper, uh, you know, was beaten by two touchdowns, but but 28-14 is not a blowout by any means, and I, th- I think Cooper could make some adjustments. Chip Darden certainly has proven uh, the ability to uh, to beat an opponent after losing to them, uh, and, and knows how to face someone a second time. Yeah, I was so, just going to say that no stranger to playing whether it's twice. Randall or whether it's Ryder, they've done it a ton in 5A D2, so that they would love another shot at the Rebels here in 5A D1. Yes, no doubt about that. How about this side question real quickly? Will Tascosa ever not run the, the triple option? <laughs> I mean, as long, as long as they have that current coaching staff, I can't imagine that that change in Coach Plunk has been very successful in that. You know, and people, you know, for a little bit kind of mocked it, you know, kind of like, oh, what are they doing? What a gimmick. But when you can get people to buy in, 
and, and you know you get the right athletes in there and, and they just kind of buy into the system at a young age it just kind of it, it, it feeds itself and it just keeps going on and on and on and at least at the at the 5a d1 level out here they're the only ones doing it uh, midland high is doing it up in 6a and so obviously a lot of teams in 5a two uh, 5a are trying to schedule midland high so they get like a a, a double prep basically for Tascosa, but it, it's not proving to matter because Tascosa is still undefeated. They do they do feel beatable though this year. They've had so many close games against uh, you know a ton of teams. I mean, arguably the team that that most you know challenged them had the best chance to beat them was was Monterey, who's winless on the year. So uh, they're not you know super strong, but they just stay consistent and they find a way to escape these close ball games like they did Caprock last week and Monterey uh, three or four weeks ago. Another question here. Let's go down to three five A Division Two with Plainview. Big time game next week coming up. Uh, a chance if they win, they're in the playoffs. Do you know the last time Plainview was in the playoffs? Well, certainly, uh, you know, twenty something years ago, you had some really, really good Plainview teams with Jamar Wall uh, <laughs> running the football and tackling everybody on the other side. I'm gonna guess somewhere around two thousand and. 12, maybe 2012 not that later it was 2017 so oh wow they went four and seven that season under with uh, head coach ryan rhodes that season so 2017 the last playoff appearance but yes definitely some good teams 2005 they go 12 and 1 2003 they'll go 10 and 3 a lot of uh, a lot of good teams right there along the way but uh, 2017 the last time they go, were in the playoffs go all the way back to the great tradition defensive player of the year in four or five a casey loafman <laughs> former co-host here the Saturday morning quarterback uh no that, I mean I remember as a kid when I was in Snyder how uh Plainview was a was a top 10 team and even for a stretch they played in the 5A level and were still state ranked for a while there so there's a ton of tradition uh with the angry red but uh it, yeah it's been a while it's been a while so it would be would be big for them to find their way into the playoffs uh if they could win next week yeah playing Paladuro next weekend for uh, for that game, uh, some other questions here as we move along here, going down to um, how about Idaloo? Any chance? Well, let's see. I'll save that one here for for. Well, I guess we still have some time here, so we'll go Idaloo. And really, back and forth, three A Division two, anything can happen. Abernathy still that top that top team right now at four and zero, but I mean, I guess we really won't know until after next week's result. I was going to say a percentage that they're going to win the district, but. But right now, it's just so much in the mix. A lot can happen. There could be a three-way tie in that one that really nobody knows right now what's going to happen in that district. Well, Idaloo would love to share that district title with Abernathy and Cohoma. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the win they would most covet would have been to go back and beat Abernathy when they had the chance. But Cohoma has been very, very good in that district, has proven themselves to be uh, very capable. So if they could could knock off and they get to host that one next week against Abernathy, that would open the door. Idaloo, you would almost certainly think, would beat Stanton, who's 0-4 in district next week. That is on the road in Stanton for the Wildcats. But uh, if the Green and Gold can get that win, you know, at least give themselves a chance to share the district title. And then so much drama at the other end of that district, too, because Roosevelt and Littlefield are battling for that fourth playoff spot. Whoever wins that one is in the playoffs. Roosevelt would love to get back there a year after being in the state semifinals and not feel like that immense of a drop-off. Certainly, they lost so much to graduation, but Coach Landers and company, three and six and one and three, I would still argue have done a very respectable job of staying competitive uh, in that district. Uh, you know, a very, very close loss uh, that they had to, to Cahoma that could have put them into a spot that, uh, you know, would have already secured this thing. They lose that by one point last night. So uh, I, I think that would be a big win for them. But Littlefield has, and what a disappointment it would be for them 
uh, after they started off in non-district four and one, if they were to not make the playoffs, they've certainly turned a corner as well. And they've had some rough years here over the last decade after also having immense tradition and long playoff runs. So uh, I, I think that's a that, that's a game that'll stay off the radar for a lot of people. But I think it's a very 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 meaningful game for both of those programs and both those towns. Yeah, no doubt about that. Here, maybe one last time for one last question: Is there a team right now that you just do not want to see coming up on your schedule? right now you know when you when you look around at all the different teams that have uh you know sort of been up and down all year i I don't want to curse them again (laughs) but i feel like uh i feel like they've kind of rounded back into form a little bit over the last few weeks i'm going to tell you that 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 brownfield man i I don't know that i want to mess with them because i think they have stayed (laughs) under the radar after losing to denver city in that first week but in 3A Division One, I, I think they could create some headaches for some people. I think they're a team that could scare a Bushland or a Shallow Water on the right night wow. with the right breaks uh, in, in by district or area, depending on how it lays out. So we'll see. But we'll get into more of those questions. We'll get into the scores again as well and look ahead to all those huge games next week here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets right here on Double T 97.3. New coach, new season, same tailgate. Optimum Game Day Live on Double T 97.3. And welcome back into the Saturday morning quarterback here. Part of Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets. Garrett Left with you alongside Andres Flores. And we get you back into the scores here where we'll kick it back in from the 6A level where friendship last night was a uh, close, close, close winner over Odessa High. 49-42. They have to score late in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I don't know if you saw that play, Andres, but I think it was a fourth and 17. It looked like Hudson Hutchison was all but sacked uh, and would have given Odessa a chance to drive uh, down late in the last two minutes to win the ball game. But instead, he miraculously finds <laughs> a receiver in the end zone, and the Tigers go on to win 49-42 to right here on Double T 97-3 is where you could hear it last night. And so uh, friendship 3-1 and now, Odessa 0-4. Midland Legacy beats Midland High 48-3 to and Permian holds off the San Angelo Central Bobcats 43 to 31. So Friendship Legacy and Permian all at 3 and 1, Central at 2 and 2 and Odessa and Midland uh, bringing up the rear there at 1 and 0 oh and 4 and 1 and 3 respectively. But the Tigers with a very legitimate chance to at home next week against San Angelo Central win and at least share the district title and of course uh, it won't necessarily impact the ranking or excuse me the the uh, district seedings for the playoffs because those schools will split based on enrollment. Uh, but either way, it'll be a, it'll be a, a good chance for Coach Northcutt to do something that Friendship hasn't done at the 6A level. Yeah, you would love to see it there for the Frenchman Tigers, especially there at the 6A classification. 2-5A Division One. Amarillo defeated Abilene 17-10. Amarillo now 2-3 in district play. The Mustangs of Coronado also 2-3 in district play as they defeat Crosstown rival Monterey 16-12. Tascosa came to town, knocked off Cooper 28-14. Caprock, the team that was open in the district last night and if you're coronado the question was asked earlier what are their chances you need a win for sure against tascosa and some help there and that helps probably have to come from monterey if you want to get into the play postseason yeah that's right uh, if they were to go to three and three uh, they would still not make it uh, if caprock was to beat cooper uh, they would be head-to-head tied there but uh uh, they would have a really good shot i think because i'd imagine cooper probably going to win that game but so win and you're in is is a fairly close thing to say but no one's done that yet against Tascosa so more likely you finish at two and four 
and then you lose a head-to-head matchup with Caprock, who'd also be two to four, two and four. You have to have Monterey beat Emeril High. I mean, it's 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 really the the most likely. And I say that's not very likely because Monterey's 0-9. But uh, a lot of weird things right there. If you're DJ Man, what you're telling your team, no doubt, this morning is we got to beat Tascosa and give ourselves the best chance. But uh, uh, very interesting. I mean, the only school that's not uh, eligible now to get in the playoffs based on record is the Monterey Plains, but everybody else still with a shot there in 2-5-A Division One. 2-5-A Division, excuse me, 3-5-A Division Two. Abilene Cooper improves to 3-1. and They beat Lubbock High 54-7 last night uh midland or lubbock high excuse me now zero and four on the year two and seven uh overall paladuro falls to abilene wiley 27 24 in a game that's a lot closer than anyone expected uh no one's happier about that than the plainview bulldogs because that leaves them an opening to get into the playoffs as we talked about a little bit earlier if they can knock off pd next week uh, they could not take care of their own business last night though in plainview uh excuse me in wichita falls as the bulldogs go to Ryder and lose 56 to 7 so Ryder and Cooper at 3-1, Abilene Wiley at 4-0, and then the battle for the fourth spot will come between PD and Plainview next week. Uh, also interesting there, potential for a three-way tie in first because Cooper and Wiley play uh, next week also, and that, that game has just gotten nastier and nastier over the last few years. That one will be played at Hugh Sandifer Stadium in Wiley, uh, not at Shotwell Stadium in Abilene. Trying to get those Abilene Odessa stadiums correct here an hour or two. <laughs> but uh, either way, still some good drama there in 3-5 AD, too. Yeah, and then Plainview looking for their first playoff appearance since 2017 if they're able to beat Paladuro next week. 2-4-8 Division One Brownwood remains ranked there, number 10, and their winners over Andrews 47-3. to Brownwood 4-0. They will be the district champion out of uh, 2-4-A. Big Spring Falls to Estacado on Thursday night. Estacado wins it 24-21. to That's going to be a playoff team, the Matadors are, uh, and they'll take on Lakeview coming up next week. Lakeview was open last night in the district. In 3-4-A Division One, craziness last night as winless Hereford knocks off undefeated in District Randall 35-24 to to give the Raiders their first district loss. They finish their season, regular season, at 7-3 and and 3-1. and They're open next week. Hereford, uh, because of that win, gives them a chance to sneak them sneak their way into the playoffs at 1-8 uh, uh, and eight and 1-2 and because Pampa was open last night. They're also 1-2 and two in district. Dumas also fell to 1-2, and two, losing to Canyon last night by one point, 22-21. So the white faces of Hereford, the Big Thunder and Herd from up in the Panhandle with a chance to uh, find their way into the playoffs after starting off very sluggishly <laughs> at 0-8. 2-4-A Division Two Seminole stays undefeated at 3-1 in district. They beat Leveland 41-7. Perryton was a 35-26 winner over Borger last night, and West Plains uh, was open at 2-1 in district. Uh, Laliong and the Lobos, though, will get into the playoffs. They are open next week. They finished the regular season at 3-7. And one and three, but uh, Leveland, having beaten Borger a couple weeks ago, uh, will have uh, for sure a spot no matter what because all Borger can do is tie them, and they have the head-to-head uh, wins there. There's no chance for a three-way tie. So, congrats to Coach Leong. Uh, not the kind of way they wanted to go last night, but they do do enough there, uh, basically across the district season to get into the playoffs, and they will have a shot at a by-district goal ball. 34A Division Two, a crazy district that we've seen all season long play out. Last night, Graham defeats Greenwood, 21 to 14. If you're Greenwood, you're coming in hoping to to remain undefeated in district play after all that's happened with Graham and Hershey. Uh, but Graham got got that win by a touchdown. Hershey defeats Sweetwater, 53 to 7. Hershey now two and one in district play, and then Snyder was open last night 
uh, they'll have a chance to uh, knock off Sweetwater to be that uh, that four seed in uh, in District 34A Division 2. 13A Division 1 here. Brownfield open in that district. Garrett, you said that's a team to look out for coming forward here these next couple of weeks. Denver City defeated La Mesa 47-10. Denver City remains undefeated in district play. Kermit comes to Slayton last night and defeats the Slayton Tigers 12-9. Slayton 0-9. 0-3 in district play. I'm going to go ahead and take it back. We've, we've been such a curse on so many programs. <laughs> Brownfield fans, I apologize. I take it all back. There's no way you win a district uh, or playoff game then by district. You're going to get slaughtered there in, in the by district round, and that'll be it. So sorry, Cubs fans. Just go ahead and prepare for basketball season. Uh, there's no point to even worry about football anymore out there in uh, Terry County. All right, 2-3A Division One. Bushland was a 62-12 to winner over Dalhart. They stayed number eight in Dave Campbell's state rankings despite their loss a week ago to Shallow Water. They're now 3-1 and and 9-1 overall. They will rest in the open week to finish the regular season before by district. Meanwhile, Shallow Water stays strong. They beat Muleshoe 48-20. to They jump all the way to number five in the Dave Campbell's poll after that win last week. They are 8-1 and overall, 3-0 and in district. Meanwhile, River Road at 2-7 and 0-3 was open there in 2-3A Division 1. 3-3A Division 2, number 4 Canadian, beats Tulia 66-7. Childress was a 49-0 winner over Demet and Friona with a massive win over Spearman, 14-10. That improves the Chieftains to 3-1 on the season, and so they will play Childress to get that 2-seed next week in that district. Canadian likely to beat Demet and get secure the 1-seed as they've already done at 5-0 undefeated in the state or in the district, and then Spearman and Tulia will battle for that fourth playoff spot next week, both at 1-3. and three. Tulia at 3-6 overall, Spearman at 2-7 and seven overall. But uh, will be very, very interesting to see how that one plays out. Remember, a year ago, Tulia beats Canadian, all but, all but ensuring what you would think would be a playoff run for the Hornets in a very difficult district, and then they fall to Spearman the next yeah. week, and it meant nothing. <laughs> so now they have another chance to go to the playoffs if they can just beat Spearman. But it was a tough task last year. It'll be a tough task again to knock off the links. But good luck to the Hornets. We'd love to see them get into the playoffs there. 4-3A Division Two. Abernathy beat Stanton 24 to nothing last night. They remain undefeated in the district at 4-0. Coahoma, 27-26 winner over Roosevelt. Tough loss there for Matt Landers and the Eagles. They fall to 1-3. Coahoma improves to 3-1. And, and Idaloo also improves to 3-1. and one. They beat Littlefield 17-13. The uh, Wildcats now at 1-3. and three. Uh, Such a, two really, really close games there. It just tells you how tight that district is. We've talked about it already today multiple times, but uh, really all five teams other than Stanton uh, could arguably be really, really good playoff teams that might even win a week or two, but only four of them are going to get in, and next week is going to be very interesting there to see how it all plays out in uh, 4 3 a Division Two. Jumping down to 2A here, we'll start with 1-2A Division one Farwell a 68-0 win over West Texas. Farwell eight and one overall, three and one in district play. Stratford, who's ranked number fifth according to Dave Campbell's, uh, defeats Highland Park 61 to six. Stratford now nine and zero, four and zero in district play. And then Panhandle a 72-0 winner last night over Sanford Fritch. Panhandle six and three, two and two. So. And that district, a lot of a lot of blowouts there in that game. We asked earlier, should there be a 45-point rule in 11-man football? Probably not. Well, that, <laughs> that district certainly, uh, you know, making that a more relevant conversation. West Texas High was 4-1 and one going in the district. Now they're 0-4 in district. Wow. They've totally reversed. Sanford Fritch only with one win on the season. So, you know, you, you look at those records and those teams, you go, yeah, you could see that coming kind of. One thought from the H-Point Center chat line says, hey, gee, I like your logic earlier. 
But it got me thinking, if a coach is going into a game knowing he's likely to blow out his opponent, how about just start those guys that never get to play a little bit and start the game and play a quarter, and then if you need to pull away, then put in the starters and make sure that you get the game. But you give those guys an opportunity to really play a bit of meaningful football. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't disagree with that logic either, except for it's almost a slap to the face to the opponent. They're going to get slapped in the face either way. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I don't know. That's not a bad argument, but it's always a risk to try to change up the norm and, and mess up your routines and those sorts of things. But, uh, yeah, lots of decisions coaches have to make in those moments and some great discussion on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We give you the rest of the scores, and we look ahead to next week as well here on the Saturday morning quarterback part of Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets next on Double T 97.3. You're listening to Optimum Game Day Live Countdown to Kickoff, presented by United Supermarkets. And welcome back into the Saturday Morning Quarterback here, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets. Uh, I feel like this whole sun-up effect thing is taking longer than I wanted to. <laughs> As it just keeps getting colder uh, uh-huh. and not getting warmer here. We are with you all day long here from the southwest corner of Jones Stadium and Optimum Game Day Live. Stephanie Nash will be going to follow us here at 9 o'clock, taking you up until noon, and then the rest of the cast and crew from all of your favorite Double T 97.3 and 100.7 of the score shows will prepare you for the Red Raiders and Baylor Bears tonight at 6.30 from Jones Stadium. Remember, excuse me, I'm so cold I can't speak. <laughs> Remember, as always, that the uh, Double T 97.3 Coors Light post-game uh-huh. show will pop off over at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center after the ball game tonight, come hang out with us. It was a lot of fun last week. A ton of folks out there having a good time. Uh, we did move it inside as the winds got a little bit uh, angry in the early evening last week. So we were inside, but great live music, excellent food, and plenty of Coors Light as well uh, for you to enjoy over at the Overton. So come hang out with us for a great post-game atmosphere and uh, hang out for the show as we hopefully are talking about a big-time Red Raider win over the Baylor Bears uh, later on this evening. All right, we've gotten you through most of the 3A, uh, excuse me, 6A to 3A scores. We're still in 2A, and Andres, we dive back in, uh, I believe, at uh, 2 2A Division One. Yeah, we'll start there. 2 2A Division One, a close one there uh, in, in the game. Floyd Data narrowly escapes uh, post 35-34 there, the final score in that one. Floyd Data now 3-1 and one in district play, post needing a big-time win next week to possibly draw a tie there for that fourth seed. They'll take on New Deal. New Deal winners last night over Sundown, 45-20. to New Deal rolling in district play. They are 4-0. Olton, a 69-20 winner over Tohoka last night. So Olton 2-2 two and two. and uh, New Deal right there. They look like they'll be in the playoffs. Floydata as well at 3-1. and one. So it'll come down to probably Sundown, Tohoka, Post as well. Post will need to be a, have a big-time win over New Deal if they want a chance. Yeah, in all likelihood, Tohoka Sundown going to be the, the deciding factor in that one. But, uh, you know, what? it's been a crazy enough year post-beating New Deal. That wouldn't shock me. It's just it's just been that way uh, across the area all season long. In 3-2A Division Two, Sudan stayed undefeated in district, 25-23 to winners over Belvina. Very close ball game for Coach Sanders. Defensive team there gives up 23 points. I haven't heard from Coach Sanders yet. I bet no. that film is just eating at him. <laughs> Gave up 23 points, so I uh, haven't heard from him yet on the Yates Floor Exeter chat line, but uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, he maybe didn't sleep last night giving up that many points. That's a 
that's a lot for that Sudan ball club, but they still stay a top 3-2A at 4-0. and oh. Crosbyton falls to Rawls in the battle for Crosby County, 50-24. to uh, Big rivalry win for the Jackrabbits, but more importantly, they go to 3-1 and one on the year and stay in a nice spot there to hold the second seed in 3-2A Division II. Hale Center, the Owls, improved to 2-2. Two and two. They beat Lockney 40-13. to 13. So that puts them in a two-way tie with Bovina for third place currently. Those teams will match up next week. Uh, excuse me, that's not right. Bovina will play Lockney next week. Hale Center will play Crosbyton. So likely both of those teams win. They'll be in. But if Lockney can upset Bovina, Lockney would go to the playoffs. Instead, would be a big one for the Longhorns. So we'll see how that shakes out. 4 2 Division Two. New Home stays in firm control of that district. They beat Morton 61 to nothing. Ropes was a 35-18 winner over Plains. That sets up a chance for Ropes to knock off New Home in a week's time for at least a share of the district title. But uh, they'll have to knock out the Leopards, who have won now eight straight games after an opening week loss there. Seagraves defeats Smyer last night, 42-24. Up and down year for Seagraves as well, but they're now 3-1 and one in district. Smyer falls to 1-3. and three. So Seagraves uh, looking to take, uh, a potentially, if Ropes can knock off New Home, a share of the district title. A three-way tie could be created there, and the Eagles would uh, certainly love to, to get a gold ball at times. Kind of forgotten about those guys, but here they are at 3-1, <laughs> yeah. uh, moving into this last week of the season. On to some six-man scores here. We'll start with uh, 1A Division One, two 1A Division One, as Nazareth knocks off Cloud, 50 to zero. Nazareth seven and two overall, one and one in district play. Sixth-ranked Happy shuts out Will Dorado, 70 to zero. Happy, eight and one overall, two and zero oh in district play. Three 1A Division One. Crest was open in this district. Petersburg defeats Anton, 64 to 32, and Spring Lake Earth takes care of Lorenzo 66 to 19 Spring Lake Earth undefeated in the district play Petersburg at 3 and 1 and then Crest right there 2 and 1 coming off the open next week Yeah, Crest with a chance to knock off the undefeated Wolverines of Spring Lake Earth and still get in the playoffs they'd have to do that there uh, that would also uh, make a mess with Petersburg they'd all be 3 and 4 and 1 if that was the way it played out excuse me 3 and 1 uh, in all likelihood, but it'll be fun next week. We'll see if that can uh, get a little bit more interesting in the final week. 4-1-A Division One. Knox City beats Valley 50-18. to uh, That knocks Valley down to 1-1. One one. Knox City and the Greyhounds, they're now 2-0 and oh in district. Northside High School loses to Spur 58-8. to Spur also now 1-1, one one. so Spur needing to knock off Knox City next week from the ranks of the undefeated in district to give themselves a playoff spot. They've already fallen to Valley, who, at least on paper, looks like they will probably beat Northside in a week's time. But all three of those teams still with a chance to make the playoffs in 4-1-A Division One. 5-1-A Division One. Meadow falls to Whiteface 64-6. Meadow now eight straight weeks of losses after an opening week win to begin the season. Meanwhile, O'Donnell pounds on Wellman Union 62-0. O'Donnell 2-0 in district. Whiteface 2-0 in district. Wellman Union is winless on the year at 0-9 and 0-2. So O'Donnell and Whiteface going to match up next week for the district championship. The loser will take the two seed there in 5-1-A Division One. 7-1-A Division One. Rankin takes care of Borden County 44-34. Borden County Probably not going to be the playoffs for the first time in a long time there for that one. Garden City uh, defeats Sands 54-7 to there in that one. Grady was open in 7-1-A Division one 8-1-A Division one Hermley uh, defeats Highland by 8 points, 58-50. Rotan falls to Roby 
59-34. And then second-ranked Westbrook defeats Ira 58-12. Westbrook 4-0. Hermley 3-1 here in this district. Yeah, it'll be Hermley and Ira. The battle for Scurry County. Snyder's going to have to put a wall up around it. They don't want that skirmish <laughs> to dive into the middle of the county there in the county seat. Uh, but Scurry County battle next week for the playoffs. Either the Cardinals or the Bulldogs will get in. Division 2 of six-man. 2-1-A. Whit Harrell beats last buddy 54 to nothing. Whit Harrell number 8 in the state, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. They are 3-0 in district play. Last buddy falls to 1-3. and Amherst also 3-0. The Bulldogs beat Cotton Center 56 to nothing. So Panthers and Bulldogs next week for the district title. Hart was open last night. They are 1-2. In district six man four one a division two Wilson gets the forfeit win over Dawson who has not been able to field the team throughout district. Uh, meanwhile, that, that puts Wilson at one and two. Meanwhile, Southland defeats Loop sixty three to thirteen. That gives Southland a record of two and one. Loop ends their season uh, at two and two in district. And unfortunately for them, they will not be able to make the playoffs after that loss to Southland because Southland will get a forfeit win next week over Dawson. That secures them the second seed in the district. Meanwhile, Jayton at 3-0 in district was open last night. Uh, excuse me, not, not Jayton. Klondike at 3-0 was open last night in that district. So the Cougars will secure the one seed uh, next week in all likelihood if they beat Wilson. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Southland already in, like I said, because of that forfeit win. They are technically now 6-3 and and 3-1 and in, uh, in district play because of that upcoming forfeit. So Eagles and Cougars will advance into the playoffs. There, six man, five one A Division two. Very interesting things still to happen here. Jaden was open last night at three and zero, but Montley County beat Patton Springs fifty eight to seven. So the Matadors now are two and one. Aspermont beat Guthrie sixty seven to eighteen. That that ball club. Uh, oh man, I'm forgetting here. Aspermont, I believe, is the is the Hornets as well. I need to check that. I need to make sure I can I can find that out very quickly. But <laughs> Aspermont only loss of the season to Jayton earlier in district play. So that sets up a two and one versus two and one battle between Aspermont and Montley County for that final playoff spot. Uh, uh, one of those teams, sort of like that Borden County. It is the Hornets. Coach Weaver, I apologize, man. I should know uh, that you guys are the Hornets off the top of my head. But uh, Aspermont. Uh, could be left out in the cold. So could Coach Bigham's Montley County Matadors. And, man, again, kind of like Borden County, what we've seen for a long, long time, it's hard to imagine Montley County not being a playoff team. But uh, if they can't knock off Aspermont next week, that'll be the case. Yeah, that will. Sorry, you got me thinking about I, I was in Slayton last night versus the Yellow Jackets, the Hornets. Or I was, I had my mind around insects right there for a second. I was <laughs> well, like, is there a bee out there? Is there anybody called the bees? Or? It's been a warm and, and somewhat <laughs> rainy, you know, last few months. We've had a lot of, of uh, <laughs> flying insects uh, up in our business all over West Texas here more than normal. Maybe it's a, maybe it's pan off for these schools. They're just being energized by their nicknames there. But uh, Aspermont would be a, a very odd team to not move forward with the record that they have carried to this point uh, would be very surprising if they could not advance uh, but Motley County going to be on the way of that in six man taps action last night Christ the King beat Midland Holy Cross 52-6 to and Kingdom Prep beat Wichita Christian 68-18 to both of those two teams are 2-0 and in Division 3 District 1 of taps six man action that sets up a big game between those next week so we got the battle for Scurry County and we got the battle for Lubbock County six man ownership uh, both going on Next week in the final week, it'll be uh, the Golden Lions and the Warriors next week for that one. Lubbock Christian beats Fort Worth Temple 44-6 to to, to go to 5-1 and one in their Division 4 district of Taps. And then Trinity Christian in Division 3 beat Willow Park Trinity 51 to nothing. They are undefeated at 4-0 
in that district. So there's all the scores once again. We look ahead to next week and we dig into what's happening and look at some serious history as well when we come back on the Saturday morning quarterback part of Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets right here. Optimum Game Day Live continues on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. And back with you for the final time today on the Saturday morning quarterback. That for the Nash, we're going to follow us here on Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets, Texas Tech, and Baylor tonight in a blackout. Pat Mahomes honoring environment uh take your pick of the reasons to be fired up but a meaningful conference home game at night uh it's been a while it's been a long while it feels like uh, for you to have this kind of excitement and so certainly a big one for joey mcguire and company looking to stay undefeated at home at jones stadium we've got you covered all day long here on optimum game day live with coverage of that ball game coming up tonight at 6 30 do we see any uh joker face paint of the dark night from back in the day if the students know the history <laughs> of this place and certainly uh they will i mean it kind of that, that tells you how long ago that was yeah. i mean because that, that movie was fresh yeah when uh all the joker face paint and, and full body black and white uh halloweenish uh, stuff was going on but yeah halloween weekend or ish I guess November 1st was the uh, the big win in 2008, yeah. but you've had some Oklahoma games, I think, that have fallen on this weekend in the past. Uh, certainly uh, this one here tonight, uh, a chance to be memorable and very fun for everybody, but uh, going to be a, a very, very uh, fired-up environment tonight at Jones Stadium, and it's going to be a, a fired-up environment all over the South Plains as there is literally not a district uh, in our area that does not have some question marks still and sometimes we've been able to pencil in all four seeds already in certain districts so you can't do that anywhere right now as almost every seed in every district is still wide open it's been crazy some inconsistencies some injuries have made things wild but we've gotten to a point here where it's put up or shut up time you're going to have to do it next week and a lot of our big schools and small schools are going to have to win big games next week to go ahead and advance in the playoffs into the playoffs uh, and you've got uh, a number of those to look at for us this morning, Andres. Yeah, we'll start up top there at 6A, San Angelo Central at Friendship. Seventh meeting all time between the two programs. This was surprising. San Angelo Central leads 6-0. to zero. The Tigers have not beaten the the Bobcats there. The last one, Central won on forfeit 2021. So you give Central <laughs> that win. And then uh, they met in 14 and 15. Those were non-district games. Uh, 2014, 2015. So the Tigers needing to win. Davis Bowls back then. Yeah, and it's important for the Tigers. You win, good chance to uh, share a district title. If you lose, probably not, and you're probably traveling that first round of the playoffs. Yeah, you talk about whether you you face the challenge of the travel on the way there, or how it affects you in the area around the next week. Either way, you don't want to make that trip. But uh, that's that's somewhat fascinating. And in an added piece, I don't know that you really take your frustration and turn it toward you know central as much as you almost do the amarillo officiating chapter yeah. from a year ago but bottom line central didn't have to challenge that game and they did uh and so just some added intrigue to that one in this game uh, but yeah it was a chance to win a gold ball more than anything else for the tigers uh and you know to claim that first win and not have it taken away you hope but it almost makes you wait to like wednesday can we call this a win now <laughs> right. but uh, they got to take care of it on friday night first to uh, put themselves in a good spot to move into the playoffs coronado at tascosa 43rd meeting all time Coronado leads the series 24 to 18. The Mustangs won last year's ball game 48 to 29. However, Tascosa's won six out of the last eight games. 
in this meeting. Well, and this has been really the premier ball game in this district here for the last few years when they have matched up in district play uh, just just too many times that the final week of the year they've uh, been deciding things and a lot of these times they they played on on Thursday nights which is what you're going to have again next week uh, up at Dick Biven Stadium but uh, Coronado can make things far less interesting it still could get weird they could win and still find themselves not in but it's much more likely that they win and get in there than if they lose and get in yeah. in this ball game because they're going to have to have Monterey beat Amarillo High to give them a shot if they don't knock off Tesco. So, so uh, a lot will be clear going into Friday night already based on that game. And then Tesco, so you know, obviously would love to stay undefeated uh, in district and, and have a district championship. But if they were to lose to Coronado, that could give Cooper a share of the district title as well. So a lot to play for still left in that district. And Monterey, a chance to play spoiler even if it would benefit their their big rival over there on 34th Street. But uh, Coach Strash would love to get a win over Amarillo High uh, and at least have one in the win tally in his first season with the Plainsman. 55 meeting in that contest, Amarillo High at Monterey. Amarillo leads the series 34-24. to The Sandys won last year 24-7. to Last Monterey win, 2017. That was a 54-31 win for the Plainsman in the bi-district round of the playoffs. Wichita Falls Ryder at Lubbock High. First meeting all time between Ryder and the Westerners. Oh, man, that's uh, that's bizarre and, and unfortunately on paper it doesn't look doesn't look pretty there. Lubbock High hosts that one against Ryder, but uh, yeah, the Raiders have been very, very good for a very long time and, and the Westerners have really just struggled here through district. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting that they had never matched up before Estic- in school history. Estacado at San Angelo Lakeview, twenty-sixth meeting all time next week. Estacado leads eighteen to seven. Last contest was in two thousand seventeen. The Matadors won it eighty-four to zero. No forty-five point rule there for that one. <laughs> last Lakeview win. Last Lakeview win two thousand five, twenty-three sixteen over the Matadors. I don't know that we'll see 84 points put up, but uh, <laughs> definitely expect the Matadors to roll in that one. That would give them the two seed. And if for some crazy reason, uh, I take that back. Brownwood's open next week, so there's no there's no upsets there. They're battling for the two seed no matter what. But uh, if they were to lose, it would create some craziness in the fourth spot that could allow a Lakeview to get in the playoffs. Still, uh, you know, I take that back. They cannot get in the playoffs because they've already lost to Andrews and Big Spring. So. Uh, that that one is a, a pride game for Lakeview. you got to imagine the Matadors will roll in it. Abernathy at Cahoma, fifth meeting all time. Abernathy leads 4-0, to zero, and the Antelopes won last year 49-14. to 14. Roosevelt at Littlefield, 20th meeting all time. Littlefield leads 17-2. to two. 2017, Littlefield won it 40-0. to zero. The last Roosevelt win, 1974. Ooh. Roosevelt won 32-0. to zero. Littlefield has won 15 consecutive games in this series. So almost, what would that be, four, no, 50 years. Yeah. 48 years since Roosevelt's beat Littlefield. Uh, man, a meaningful time for them to try to pull that off. Littlefield, I think, better than that 1-3 and three record indicates. Uh, Roosevelt, you know, I'm not sure completely, but they certainly have, have given themselves a chance down the stretch here. Going to be a huge win there. That is in Littlefield. Uh, so the, the Eagles going to have to go on the road and get a big win to break a 48-year losing streak uh, uh, and move, move forward into the playoffs. New deal at post, 15th meeting all time. Post leads 10-4. to Last year, New Deal won it 35-6. 2020, Post shut out the Lions 39-0. Do you know when the first time these two teams met? First time? Let's go 1947. 
You got it. Are you serious? Yeah, yes, you got it. 1947, <laughs> post 29 to 7. All right. Winners well, over I don't even know where I pulled that out of the hat, but it just felt like uh, po- I thought, you know what? Can't do it during World War II. It's got to be post-World War II, uh, and let's just go a few years down the road there. So, huh, 1947. I, I tell you what in that game is interesting to me. Uh, you say, but post was a, with a 10-4, uh, 10-4, 10-4 yes. record in that one. But the folks in New Deal were not used to losing at all in district play when Post got really good here in the last five or six years. And that 39 nothing game actually I think was a little better than the year before. That was a lot uglier than that. I don't think anyone in New Deal has forgotten how ugly those games got where Post just uh, wiped the floor with New Deal teams that are, are not used to being wiped the floor with. It reminded me a little bit of the 70-10 to 10 Tech win over Nebraska yeah. and how much so many schools, I'm sure across the Big 8 schools particularly, loved watching that because they were used to getting beat down like that by Nebraska. Uh, the New Deal folks got that treatment. They're not going to forget it anytime soon, even though it's been two years. Slayton at Brownfield, 54th meeting all time. Brownfield leads 32-18 and three ties. The Cubs won last year's contest 14 to 6. Slayton won in 2022 30 to 13. The Tigers have won 3 out of the last 4. So Next you're telling week, me you're telling me there's a there's chance. There's a chance. Well, I've already talked good about Brownfield today, so it's certainly <laughs> probably cursed them to set things up. Huge game between Christ the King and Kingdom Prep. Hermley and Ira out in Scurry County. Some excellent six-man games as well. Going to be a great final week. We'll wrap it all up with you next week on the Saturday Morning Quarterback. But up next today on Optimum Game Day Live, it's Stepford and Ashby right here on Double T 97.3.